Hi, I'm Jay John. Welcome to this week's podcast. My guest on Facing the Canon is Mark Greenwood, a former butcher, now an evangelist, and certainly a tonic. Welcome, Mark Greenwood, to Facing the Canon. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Oh, Mark, you and I have been friends for a few decades. We have, gosh. Can you remember the first year that we met? I do. I remember it really well. Well, I think I do. It was at the Evangelist it Conference, was, wasn't it? It was. I thought that was it. Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That was an amazing conference, wasn't it? Oh, really well, good times. Well, gathering evangelists together. Yeah. Uh, there's there's quite a lot of synergy, yep. sacred synergy. There's a lot of energy in the room. Oh. <laughs> now, what do you do, Mark? What's your current role? Yeah, yeah. So my official title is I'm National Evangelist for Ealing Pentecostal Churches in the UK. And that means that I head up evangelism for about 550 churches. So it uh, keeps me busy on a Monday and a Tuesday. Amazing. Yeah, now, yeah. Elim stands for... So Elim's taken out of the book of Exodus, better make sure I get that right, lose the job. Um, and it was an oasis in the desert. And so when Elim was first started up, the whole intention was that we would be a place of refreshing yeah. in a dry and arid world. So yeah, that's and what just preceding Elim, yep. uh, we read the story that they arrived at a place called Mara, yes. where the water was bitter. bitter. Yeah. But what was amazing was that sometimes we complain, and they all complained, yeah. didn't they, yeah. about Mara? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mara was still on God's map. Yeah, wow, yes. But round the corner good. was Elim. And, and there were 70 palm trees. There were, and there were a few springs water. as well, weren't yes, there? Yeah. there were. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Now, how, yeah. When did Elim begin, the actual yeah. movement? So it's just a shade over 100 years old. I think it was 105 this year. Um, so yeah, 105 years ago. And uh, incredible, really. Uh, never really set out to become a denomination. They just turned up to a city or a town. They'd run missions. Not many people would come, so they would pray for a major miracle. The major miracle would happen. News would get out and the crowds would, would come. come. Yeah. And then they would preach the gospel, see the sick healed. And uh, yeah, incredible times. And then churches were planted as a result of that, really. And how would you, Mark, de uh, define what an evangelist is? For me, I think first and foremost, the evangelist has to be an equipper. If I, if I read the book of Ephesians correctly, the fivefold ministry. But the name bring, means one who brings good news, doesn't it? I mean, what a job description to be somebody that brings good news. So for me, an evangelist is somebody that brings good news and equips the church to bring the good news to. Primarily, there's other little bits and pieces off that, but that's very much what's in my brain. Now, you commented a, a moment ago uh, that, the Elim movement over the years uh, saw signs and wonders yeah, yeah. accompanying the preaching of the yeah. word. Um, is the movement seeing that today? I think we're seeing it less, but we're very much aware of that. And in fact, we've, we've just reshaped in the last couple of years since I've been um, working for Elim, just reshaped our national evangelism vision. And we've recognized that we need to be relevant with our words, caring in our actions, and empowered by the Spirit. So those three legs are really critical. So we're, we're making sure we, we can be as relevant as possible, that we're really demonstrating that we care, but we're going all out to, to recover the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not that it's not been happening, but I don't think we've quite been as intentional as we would have been um, se several decades ago. 
What, what's your take, Mark, at the moment, uh, particularly, of course, in the UK, um, and it's often reflected around mm. the world. <laughs> what's your take in terms of what's the state of our nation at the moment? I think it's changed a little bit uh, in the past few months, particularly uh, with COVID-19 and all that's been happening with the global pandemic. I think people are, this is what I'm saying. I think people are more open to Christianity because they're, they, they've got less confidence in the things they trusted now. And I think we're in an existential place in the world rather than a God-seeking place in the world. So people are thinking about life, so they're thinking about faith yes. would be my slant on. So I think the church has got to be really careful that we're getting some incredible engagement, but that doesn't mean that everybody wants to become a Christian. No. <laughs> but but they, they're watching our services, they're turning to God more. And I think it's because the rug has been pulled from underneath people's um people's feet really and you begin to think more about life don't you and those sorts of things happen and uh, as well as uh, of course the evangelist yeah which is a significant gift mm -hmm. uh, anointing role within the mm. church every christian needs yeah. to be a witness yeah why do you think so many christians are reluctant to be a witness for jesus i think there's several reasons um my observations would be that people can be quite fearful um, people, you know, that especially when there's a tide against Christianity. So people are scared of putting their head above the parapet. Um, they're scared of being labelled one of those narrow-minded Christians, for example. So I think there's a fear of that. I think there's a fear of not knowing what to say. I honestly believe we've got to go on an equipping um, mission, really, just to equip people and inspire people and enthuse people into sharing their faith. I, I think those are the two key things. So I think people are afraid and they don't fully know how to. Now you've researched, you've yep. read, yep. Um, you've lectured, you've taught mm -hmm. and you've written um, a number of uh, resources, yep. but uh, this one is yep. my favorite oh, one that you've you. written. Big yes, little yes, Healthy maybe. Yeah. All right. Tell us how did you <laughs> I will. come up with that title? <laughs> I will. Do you know what? It happened once when I was preaching. But interestingly, for probably about 15 years before that, I got this growing dissatisfaction. I didn't want to hold back from giving people an opportunity to become Christians. That That's not what this was about. Sure. That's really important to me. But what I did feel is we need to place a bit more value on the journey that people go through to come into faith and the key steps along the way. And so I was just preaching evangelistically. I did the classic evangelistic appeal. And, and then I just said, but it, it might be that some of you are here today and you're not ready to, to say, I guess what you might call a big yes to God. But I wonder whether you might be willing to make an intentional decision to find out more. And I just casually said, I guess it's like a little yes, that you're not maybe saying yes to God, but you are saying yes to investigating really intentionally. And when I said that, something really settled inside my sure. spirit. So I delivered that. And then I said, and it might be that you're here today. You're not ready to say a big yes or a little yes, but I wonder whether I might lay a gentle challenge to you. And that is to make a decision to become open-minded about the Christian faith or to make a decision to stay open-minded if you are. And I guess it's a kind of maybe, but 
It's a little bit more than that. It's yes. kind of healthy. It's a healthy maybe. And I felt that that was the moment that the Holy Spirit birthed something yes. in me. And interestingly, I had more responses to the gospel that day than ever and Amazing. have since. Even people who weren't Christians coming up to me and saying, oh, I'm definitely a, a little yes. And I thought, wow, there's power in that. Yes. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So there's a primary application, the truth, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, you shall be saved. But I think there's a, a, a powerful second application that, and that is that there's power in saying what you're believing at whatever stage. And I, I really felt that was quite a moment for me. Sure. And that was when it was birthed. And it was really interesting, the response of both people who were Christians and people who weren't Christians after that. Absolutely. Yeah, um, let me uh, one uh, write the intro. Who wrote the foreword? John, it was excellent. Your good self. So, <laughs> so it, it's worth getting the book just for the foreword. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> but the but what you're doing here is you're yeah. you're basically trying to equip people yeah. and give people confidence. Yes, yeah, absolutely. In sharing their faith. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And for me, big yes, little yes, healthy maybe. It's it's not about imposing a structure into something. It's actually yeah. about a language that recognises that journey of faith. Sure. And actually, I think we need to understand that so we're better informed in how to, in, in terms of how people respond to the gospel, and then we equip around that. So it is primarily an equipping book, absolutely, 100%. Okay, so, right, you've got yeah. a congregation, you're going to teach them about how to yeah. share their faith. Yeah. What are the main components, yeah, yeah. bullet points that you would share with them? Yeah. So first, I do talk about we need to understand the process by which people come to faith if we are to inform their conversion and their discipleship. So I do a quick teach on that. But then I will teach them on how to articulate the gospel in today's culture. I'll talk about how to tell your story, but the story of your story. Because yes. so often we preach our testimony and we want people to tell the story. So I talk to them about storytelling and building story so that the narrative of your life, so that you can articulate uh, what happened to you in terms of faith. And then I talk about how to handle tricky questions. The number one way, John, that we get into yeah. sharing our faith these days is when somebody asks us a question. And yet it's the thing where that we fear the most and where the least well equipped. That's why it was thrilling when you wrote that book for the questions that yes. and I think lots of adults have found that really yes. helpful, haven't they? Yes. And then also I teach people how to lead somebody to Christ and, and what you do in those early days. So it's quite a, a broad gambit, really. But I think all of those components are really important. Do you, do you think um, some or many Christians um, will speak about Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, will maybe tell a little bit about their story, yeah. but then they stop yes. and not lead someone to Christ. No, absolutely. Okay, so how do you move from sharing and talking about yeah. Jesus to leading someone to Christ? How do you do that, Yeah, Mark? yeah. So I want to say two things on that. First of all, I love that scripture that says, make the most of every opportunity. That doesn't mean say it with, fill it with as many words as you can. So making the most of the opportunity sometimes is just sharing a little bit. So you can say too much. But then I also do believe often we don't say enough. Yeah. And I think it's because we're scared of people saying no. And so what we do is we don't give them an opportunity to become a Christian. That's a little bit like me taking you to a restaurant 
I said, look at this wonderful menu, John. You can have all of this and then I'll eat it, but don't give you an opportunity yeah. to choose. Yeah. So what I do is I said, look, if the conversation's gone really, really well, then just, you don't need to pray for a word of knowledge. You don't need to pray yeah. for some divine moment. Just, just say to somebody, would you like to become a Jesus follower or a Christian? Yes. Or if you've developed a particular thread or theme, like God's love, then would you like to receive God's love? But then I'll actually say to people, there's, there's three ways that you can respond to what you've heard today. And I do this in a personal as well as in a preaching yes. context. And then I'll go through big yes, yes, healthy, maybe. Yeah. But I start with big yes, because I don't want people to, to go for the healthy maybe first. So I want to give people the opportunity if they're ready to receive Christ. Yeah. So I think we just ask John. I, if well, it's I gone agree. swimmingly well, then just go for it. And don't, they're totally, not rejecting you if they say no, no that's yeah. fine. Well, the analogy I, I often use, Mark, is a, a woman's expecting a baby and then her waters break. Yeah. And then we say, oh, push it back up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And in, in a spiritual way, if you sense that someone's waters have broken, yeah. Yeah. you know, come on. Absolutely. It's time to absolutely. be born again. Definitely. And we shouldn't be afraid of using biblical images. Absolutely. You know, sometimes people 100%. mock the idea of born again, but actually Jesus said that. Yeah, absolutely. And so we should say, hey, do you want to be born again? Yeah, yeah no, or definitely. the one I, I really like is, you know, Revelation 3.20, Jesus stands at the door yeah, and knocks. it's a good one. Do you want to open the door? Yeah. Do you want to let him absolutely. in? Absolutely. And I find you say that to no, people definitely. and they go, yes. Well, it's a helpful analogy, isn't it? Opening the door. Absolutely. But I, I always feel it's good to go for a response of some sort when you've shared something of your faith. So you might not have shared the whole gospel. You might not feel it's a salvation moment. But if I can I just give an example. Absolutely. So I'm on the way back from London. This is true story. Yes. I'm, I'm sat in this carriage and uh, there's a lady there who we... Long story short, we get into conversation. I find out she's in marketing, consultant in, in marketing. So then she said to me, oh, what do you do? I said, well, actually, I'm in a very similar industry to yourself. And I've created a sort of marketing approach that's quite innovative and unique. I've written a book on it um, or I'm writing a book at that stage on it. Yeah. She said, oh, what, what, where, do you, where do you work? I said, I work for an organization called The Church. She said, oh. I'm a bit shocked by that. Yes. I said, what, what about? She said that you're talking about marketing and church. And I said to her, look, you'll be aware in marketing, half the battle is selling something to people when they think they don't want it. Yeah, get that, get that. So I said, here's my marketing. So I talked her through, big yes, little yes, healthy maybe. She loved it. Yes. She absolutely loved it, particularly when we got to the healthy maybe. Okay, so we had an amazing conversation. It wasn't a, a salvation moment no. per se, but I didn't want to leave it there. So I said to her, just out of interest, would you be a big yes or a little yes or a healthy maybe? And she said, I'm definitely a healthy maybe. Yes. I said, what would it take for you to move from healthy maybe to little yes? Yeah. She simply said, I just don't know how to do it. Yeah. I said, I think I can help you. Great. Can we have a conversation? So I think that's a response that's appropriate, making the most of that opportunity. Absolutely. So always go for some kind of response. I think it's really, really important. No, definitely. 
And then, of course, the difference between her and you is mm. that uh, your product, yes. Jesus, is free. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent, definitely. Isn't it? It's a big difference, to be fair. Absolutely. Uh, what's great, Mark, is you know I know that you're an evangelist, mm-hmm. uh, but also you are a witness in your. Mm. Jerusalem, yeah, yeah. in your community. Yeah. So how have you reached out to your neighbours and friends? Yeah, yeah. How have you done that? Yeah, for me, John, you're absolutely right. It's critical because before I'm an evangelist or a minister in the church or a leader, I'm a Christian. And as a Christian, it's my responsibility to witness to my Jerusalem. So I've done it in, in lots of different ways. Every Friday, at the moment through lockdown, every Friday, I've, I've invited a mobile barista. So he comes into our street and we all come out and have really lovely coffee in my street. So we have a kind of relational, and then from that bits of conversations happen in neighbors' gardens and that kind of stuff. So you facilitated the barista? Yes. You organized that? Yeah, yeah. And do lots of people come out? Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, I think at the peak, we've had about 20 people. They come out they, and get their they come coffee. Out and get a coffee. And yeah, then yeah. you all have a little chat. Yeah, sometimes it's a little bit smaller. Yeah. Sometimes it's bigger. So we all have a big chat. So we've got that going on. But then out of that community, we're now talking, my friend Stuart, uh, opposite. And he's been, it's, this is really interesting. So my friend Stuart and I, we have lots of conversations about, about faith and about the Lord in his home, spend a lot of time with him. And then he's been having a conversation with his neighbor across the fence and she's interested. So we're looking now at at setting up what you or I would know a home group or a connect group, probably about once a month. We're probably gonna start by going through Alpha, just 10, we'll do just 10 as well. So we're gonna start doing something along those lines, but then we've got a few other people that are more sort of existential in their questions about life. So we're going to do something different with that. So it's about being intentional as well as kind of organic, isn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely. So, and this is, what I've, this is what I've observed. I'm being asked by all my friends the same questions that I've always been asked, albeit with a different tracksuit on, different clothing. Okay. But the questions are being asked more frequently. But this is the important thing there's a greater willingness to listen to the answers yes. than I've ever, ever experienced. So I've had conversations in my neighbor's garden till two, three o'clock in the morning sometimes. It's just been absolutely incredible. So I think there's great opportunity, but we've got to be careful, I think, that we're not opportunistic. Yes. But there is opportunity because the seed of the gospel has been sown in the soil of suffering. Absolutely. So we need to be aware of all the pain. And the soil, if my reading of the scriptures is correct, is critical the state of the soil is critical in terms of how the seed produces a harvest so we've got to be aware but there's incredible opportunity out there got are there any stories that come to mind of people that have come to faith yeah i mean there's been several um different churches that i've been involved with so um there's a church in hales owen um which is in the black country where a young man um was brought up a Muslim and a Hindu, I think. I can't remember the exact religion, but he was no religion. And then just stuff happened during lockdown. He talked to friends, decided to come along to Alpha Online. He'd been watching some of the church services and uh, came along to Alpha Online and came to Christ. There's a friend of mine called Mark Lyndon Jones down in Porth in the Valleys. Yes. And uh, he's been doing some online stuff. And 
thousands of people. The church has only got 70 people in it, thousands of people engaging. And he now sees himself as a pastor to his online community as well as his church community. But as he's been to do doorstep pastoral visits with his congregation, neighbours have been coming out and he's been praying for those. And they've then started to engage with his prayer meetings online. People right. who are not Christians sure. engaging with the prayer meeting. Yes. So there's loads of fantastic stories out there of people that have come to Christ, but also loads of fantastic stories about people connecting with, with church and going on a journey. The church that I mentioned in Hale Zowin, I was chatting to the minister, who's actually a mutual friend of ours, Leon Evans. Yes, you would know that's Leon. right. Um, he was telling me that a lady contacted him and said, look, I've not been to your church, but I have been watching your online services. And she said this, thank you for creating a row behind the back row. Very good. And, wow. And she said, I know that eventually I'll move to the other rows, but right now I need the row behind the back row. Excellent. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. And again, it's this, it's this awareness of where a person is on their own journey. So that I just think there's some wonderful stories of stuff happening out there. That is so insightful, isn't it? Isn't it the just row behind the back the row? The row behind the back row. Very good. Tell us about some of the resources that the your Elim stream have got that yeah. people might be interested in. So we're creating a whole bunch of resources for online. We're partnering with a few organisations. So Christian Vision is really good. They provide some quality outward facing social media. Um, so that's a great organisation. Um, I've got some of my own resources. My website, which is www.revmarkgreenwood.com. So there's some books there to help you answer tricky questions, things like Big Yes, Little Yes, Healthy Maybe. We've also got some little gospel booklets that, that people can use. That's available through Elim. But then we're creating, hope. we've got a whole bunch of events. I guess the best thing would be if, if people want to chat through how we could maybe help them and what resources we can specifically push their way. Oh, one thing I am doing, John, which is yes. a freebie. Um, if I was writing Big Yes, Little Yes, Healthy Maybe today, I would have a, an extra chapter on Big Yes, Little Yes, Healthy Maybe online. So I've written a special ebook Great. on Big Yes, Little Yes, Healthy Maybe online. That'll be available uh, very, very soon. Good. Free. So, Mark, yeah. how would you sum up the good news of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Okay. How would you explain that to someone who, who doesn't know what it is? Yeah. What, what is the gospel? For me, I think it's that God has a plan for our lives, but we've lived life according to our own plan and that this has disconnected us from God. And we put a huge amount of effort into trying to make life make sense, but life only makes sense when God is in the center. And there's nothing we can do to make life make sense or get God in. 2000 years ago, Jesus came down to planet earth, showed us what God wants to do in our lives by living and demonstrating God's power and God's love. Then he took the punishment for the wrong of the whole world, came back alive, and today we simply need to say yes to God to start that next critical part of a journey with him. That's a nutshell. If I was sharing that with somebody, I'd unpack it a little bit, illustrate it of a little course. bit. Because sometimes we're in such a rush to get everything across that we get nothing across. Yes. So I think it's important that we just unpack and explain. But that would be my headlines of the Christian message. There's no religious words in there. I think that's really important. And you've known the Lord for how long? Oh gosh, so it was 1982. And what happened to you? So I'd been grounded, John, 
for about six weeks. I've been a naughty boy. And uh, in the middle of that grounding, uh, a gentleman came and knocked on the door of our home. My dad opened up the door. There's this guy called Brian, who had only five or six days previous become a Christian himself. He's got a big smile on his face. And this is what happened. He went like this. What do you think about life after death? Which is a bit freaky, isn't it, really? But that was such a powerful question because my dad, his best friend had died at sea a couple of years previous. My dad was a, an atheist, but he asked himself the question in that moment or, or made a statement, there has to be more to life than this. So that was a really poignant question. Wow. Set us on a journey. He looked like he had what, something. Your, your whole family? Whole family. Whole family. And within six weeks, so we'd all become Christians. So your dad took it seriously? My dad took it seriously, as did my mum, my sister and my brother and myself. We became Christians over a sort of four, five, six week period. And the then, whole and family? The whole family. Because someone knocked on the door? Yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing is, John... And a young Christian. Young Christian. He'd only been a Christian six days. And here's the interesting thing. He'd been out with the senior minister of the church who'd been doing all the door knocking. Yeah. And it had been a tough night at the office. They'd had a lot of doors shut. And Godfrey said, should we just go home? Brian said, no, let's do one more. And let me knock the door. Oh, and that was his first door? That was his first door. Let me do one more. Do you remember... That film, was it Hacksaw Ridge? Yes. Just one more. Well, just one just more. Just one, one more. more. Let, let's do one more. And Brian knocked the door and God was at work behind that door. That is incredible. What a story. It's incredible, isn't it? Did you meet Brian subsequently? No. 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 Never but met him he before. was the person mm. that basically kick-started your journey of yeah. faith. Absolutely. And interestingly, he's an evangelist, Brian, out and out evangelist. So he got me involved then with like street evangelism. Do you remember the sketchboard? John? Yes. So I started doing Open sketchboard. Open air campaigners. Open air campaigners. Yeah. So I started doing sketchboard with Brian on the streets. Uh, I started going around Salvation Army hostels when I was 13, singing with my guitar. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, he played a really, a really critical part in my journey. But yeah, it's five, six days. I mean... What a way to start doing dot-to-dot -dot work. That is pretty inspirational, actually. Isn't it just? So really, you know, for any of our viewers, Absolutely. look, it doesn't matter how young you are in yeah. the faith. Absolutely. If you step out, yeah. God will honour that. Absolutely. Uh, and in your case, your whole family came yeah. to faith. Absolutely. You were called to yeah. do the work of an evangelist. Definitely. And now you're introducing yeah. so many people to Absolutely. Christ. Absolutely. And if we're not careful, John, as well, I think we can we can focus on the big no's in yeah. evangelism. And there are those, but actually... Absolutely. What about, what about the healthy maybe in the Greenwood family? That became a little yes, that became a big yes. So important, isn't it? We've got to sow the seed. Just keep going. Through a time going. such as this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mark Greenwood, you're an absolute tonic. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Facing the canon. Thank you for having me. Isn't he inspiring, Mark, uh, evangelist and an equipper of others? Um, you know, that's the, the essence of this amazing good news of Jesus Christ, um, that we've just got to take it and share it with other people. Um, Mark, I, every time I'm with him, I'm, I'm kind of truly inspired. Um, and uh, I, I, I feel a challenge in my own heart today to 
uh, keep being intentional about sharing good news with others. And uh, I hope you'll tap into some of Mark's resources. Thank you so much for joining us on Facing the Canon today and look forward to you joining us again. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. Looking for the perfect Christmas gift to help someone on their journey of faith? Visit canonjjohn.com to explore our range of Christmas books, perfect to give away to those exploring the Christian faith and those who are already Christians. The Christmas Story by J. John is a beautifully illustrated children's book, the true story of what happened at the very first Christmas and why it happened. Full of intriguing facts about Christmas, A Christmas Compendium is a surprising and intriguing book of delights and surprises, guaranteed to generate holiday conversation and inspire you to recall your own Christmas memories. Take time this Advent to reflect on the true meaning of the season with one of J. John's Advent Reflection Books, God With Us or Joy to the World. We have been inspired and encouraged by people who have bought copies of J. John's books, Making the Christmas Connection, More Than a Christmas Carol, and It's a Wonderful Life, to give away to neighbours, friends and family, the perfect size to fit in a Christmas card and ideal to give away to those exploring Christianity. In the run-up to Christmas 2020, buy any two books in our Christmas range and get one free. So why not take this opportunity to help others in their journey of faith? Visit canonjjohn.com today.